the events, characters, and entities depicted on this podcast are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or to actual entities is purely coincidental. If you're seeking to be offended, this is a good choice. And if you're easily offended, please throw away this listening apparatus right now. Okay, bye. So what I'm trying to say is I don't understand what women are, I'm sorry to say, whinging about this imbalance, unbalance, whatever you guys are calling it. The reality is, in the workplace, we talk about balance. We have corporate training on the topic of balance. We have balance sheets, but there is no gender balance. What is that even mean? Hello, Dad. Hello, Mom. Welcome to the Frisk Aid Show. Oh, what are you doing here? Habibi, entertaining the nation, mate. I'm the best RJ in the world. And you know me. Uh, sorry but to have to cut it short. We're expecting Rusty for the Hangout, Hangout podcast. That's coming up next. Habibi. Habibi. Um... One, I'm not your Habibi, and two, uh, you really got to get out. Okay, um, okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, uh, The Hangout with Rishi. I am happy to be here. So is producer Bub. Cheer, producer Bub. Ah, okay, I did it for him, sort of. I am here. I am so lucky to have Migda Dohatwala. I hope I said that right. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I'm going to hand it over to him to give a little brief before we get into it. Yeah, so uh, you, you pronounced my name correctly and uh, it's it's a little sad that you were not sure after knowing who I am for four years. Uh, bro, I've known you for four years, but is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it is, Rushdi. I, I, I'm a little uh, annoyed at the fact that you weren't sure. And just so you know, Mr. Mikdad's pretty sensitive. So. I'm very I'm very sensitive. It hurts everywhere. It was a long drive to Nada. <laughs> That's the HQ for the Hangout. And your And your intro? Give it to the people, oh, yeah. the listeners. My name is Migdad. Uh, I work in advertising. I run a small little comedy collective called Videsi Laughs along with my partner Amit who's a dentist and who's busy and who couldn't be here today. Thank the <laughs> f- Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's fun times in Dubai, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's more or less about me. There we go. That's me. Um, that's me. Comedian, I, I think, yeah, you did come. You, I saw you on stage and I was like, this guy is scary. He's a difficult individual to read. Amit was like super. I'm like, this guy is... He's like mild. He's not. He's not scary. He's, he's not cute, imit- Yeah, he's, he's cute. There we go. He's like a garibo ka Ranbir Kapoor. He's my favorite person. He's, that's uh, true. He's he's very very mild and he's always talking about teeth. But that's his thing, dude. He's a he's a dentist. He's a doctor. Dentist. Amit Asadani. No no no. Hold on. He's not. A, he's an orthodontist. Oh my my bad. Uh, my apologies to the Please millions of listeners. <laughs> so comedy man i i was there at uh, a function of yours which was like a secret engagement party is that okay i'm mentioning yeah, it yeah go for it i was go honestly i i didn't perform and you asked me you even pushed me to perform and i said no and uh, i i have no That's regrets you're about a terrible that terrible human being <laughs> i drove all the way down to sharjah to be on your podcast <laughs> we're not in sharjah uh, wait there's nothing wrong with sharjah <laughs> just so you know but we're not in sharjah i'd like to point out is that out. how you really feel Rushdie? it's on the border it's i mean the border. <laughs> people on the border of india do not say we live in pakistan so i just want to point out but we live very out. close to pakistan they <laughs> do they do mention that you know in passing <laughs> what i wanted to bring up which you you're sort of like shooting me in the leg even though i'm complimenting you cuz i was really moved with what you said about your um, now fiance 
and a, a line i i hate to misquote you but you said i would rather i, I want to share the stage with you i've messed that up totally can you say what you so uh, what i actually actually said was that uh, the stage is home and i want to invite you home so come on up here so i can propose to you that's basically what i did can you say that again but slow slowly let's do, let's do it slowly not sexy slowly i think it's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> so what i told her was that uh, the stage is home and i want to invite you home i want to take you home and uh, join me on stage so i can propose to you that's basically what i did isn't yeah. that beautiful that's beautiful till till he said it right now and i still feel like a little buzz like that's awesome it's, because it's three guys getting emotional seriously? over my proposal uh, seriously um so you yeah man i i see i relate to you as one of the guys who take comedy even larger than most people you are related to or you know you're like your fiance the fact that you asked her to join you on stage which is home that's a big deal man because i know that you'd probably kill people to do well in the comedy world i, I wouldn't i'd kill them and molest their dead bodies dude i would <laughs> the, uh, do do i, I need to build on that i don't know the entire idea is for me because it makes me happy like yeah. i'm sure as a comedian the feedback that you get off of the audience the laughs that you get and the one off chance that somebody walks up to you after a show and says bro you made my night i had a crappy day at work you made me laugh thank you for that and that for me is so fulfilling yeah that is that's me changing the world in my own small little way so for me stage has always been home and then that, there's that there's obviously that dave chapel quote right where like uh, when i'm on stage that's the only time i feel like i'm i'm myself and i really relate to that because I can be as obnoxious as stupid as ignorant as dumb as I want to be on stage and I'm just telling people what I feel and I think that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful it's a beautiful art form mm. which is why I love the entire medium of stand up comedy I've been mm. a fan for years mm. uh I I consume stand up like like abuse. a junkie yeah you abuse like I'm sure you do sure. <laughs> I was telling of I was telling uh, Eric uh, Thornquist from Yellow Laughs I was telling him how I used to download comedy specials from iMesh and Kazaa and those and he was like what is that <laughs> and I was like you don't want to know it's just porn viruses and stand up comedy stand-up special comedy. yeah so <laughs> I saw that fan and I'd like to repeat myself I know comedians who steal from comedians like that fan so uh, beware comedians out there I am aware so um, <laughs> just so you know and, and and I'm not the only one it's not like I'm cool just because of that my friends as well we're sitting at shows and they're like dude he just stole from and i'm like yeah i know let him just enjoy his night and uh, we leave cuz we don't like this guy that, anyway that so. is uh, that's unfortunately happening a little much nowadays that's yeah. like it's it's on the rise it's 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 new it's very common in a nascent comedy scene dude so in when what people are, in a nascent comedy what does that scene mean? so that means like in a new comedy okay. scene so when people are just starting out people think it's okay to 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 jack people's jokes you know and that's because they're getting on stage dude i i won't lie the first time i got on stage was in 2011 it was at the canvas laugh club then called the comedy store or was it the canvas i'm not sure it was one of the two yeah but uh, i got on stage it was an open mic hosted by kunal rao i did 4 minutes straight from a gabriel iglesias test no way no, no straight straight I, okay, i'm not okay. even going to hide like the shameless, fact like, like shameless, shameless like. i'm like yeah i'm fluffy and, and he, <laughs> i'm mexican i'm i'm i'm, I'm mumbai kar instead of mexican like i was i straight up ripped his entire set and i didn't even get half the laughs which is even more disappointing <laughs> 
because i weighed 160 kilos so he has this bit where he's like bro i put like something like talcum powder on my thighs so there's no friction there's no friction and i just conveniently kept out the talcum powder and i used dosa batter instead but the entire premise the entire idea was exactly the same i got a few laughs out of yeah. it and uh, that that was that was me saying that okay this is uh, this is a great start to my comedy career <laughs> <laughs> like uh, this is this is how I'm going to go now. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, if you feel comedians are ripping jokes from other comedians, why don't you call them out? I do. Oh, I'm very, 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 very open about calling people out. I will call them out on stage. So Amit, for example, this is way back in the day. That's Amit Asadani. Our uh, my partner, the Desi loves. Um, obviously, he doesn't do this anymore. But um, this was like when we just started out, and this is before the Desi loves. He gets on the courtyard and he does a Vipul Goyal set, word for word. and he asks me bro how was my set i'm like yeah dude vipul goel killed it tonight <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say yeah, man yeah. like you know when somebody's ripping somebody off right yeah. and there are a lot of comics a lot of open micers today they think it's acceptable but they need to understand that bro you are not a band and you are not covering oasis's wonderwall <laughs> that is not how comedy works you 100%. have to write your own stuff you can't yeah. just get up and be like oh somebody got to get a hurt real bad i'm like you can't <laughs> f- do that you can't do that Seriously. stuff man And, and you know? I I was getting messages after I was like one year into the scene. People were messaging me saying, "Hey, this guy has stolen your joke. This guy has stolen your joke." And I'm like, "Yo, if they can steal my joke, they're talented, man." Because my joke is deep from my insecurities and traumas. Like, if you can steal my jokes, you're a special human being. Like, you have talents. You're an actor. You're performance artist, man. You can be Rushdi. That's what I'm saying. You can be Rushdi on stage. Damn, like you're good. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And I never approached anyone. and i and i i spoke to um, pakistani pakistani danishali danishali right. he's very right, big on right. social media I, i had the privilege of meeting him and having a chat with him and i was like yo you make a lot of social media you know these facebook videos that are like 3 4 minutes long pretty funny he's 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 like a very physical comedian and i was like so a lot is of half of the indian comedy industry at this point <laughs> very physical <laughs> another topic But, we'll get uh, into <laughs> <laughs> um i i asked him dude uh, a lot of people must be stealing your stuff and you know the same premise cuz these dudes with the uh, less number of followers they're like okay i can steal a formula and execute it the same way with my face on it and what happened was he said dude let them steal you got to keep moving forward you got to keep producing you got to keep he's and he said it he's on social media I, now it's not about agreement or disagreeing but he said quantity over quality cuz you'd release like 500 videos and two would gain traction and then they'd watch the rest and you know you'd possibly get a sponsorship and things like that and he's like don't get bogged down by people copying you so i i do agree with that but to a certain extent when you're when you have an hour and you got to execute it for let's say 9 months in a year and it's your bread bread and butter you know you that's the only way you have income it's tough to get stolen from has anyone ever stolen a joke from you i don't think that people have stolen jokes from me i, I don't remember i have i've seen a couple of open micers use my intro which before. is uh, i used to do this whole bit of, yeah, yeah i've seen a couple of open micers do that But then I immediately call them off because uh, the stupid thing is they do it on my stage on shows that I produce. <laughs> I mean, how shameless <laughs> do you have to be? That's to like steal? molesting Bill Cosby, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're opening for him and grabbing his <laughs> at the same time. Like you can't. Um, that's there are some rules. <laughs> there, there are some, some rules, rules that you man. don't cross. But yeah, that basically I've seen some guys do it. But obviously, for me, it does matter. because this is intellectual property for all intents and purposes oh, yeah. right yes. um 
building five minutes, especially in Dubai. Okay, like in India, you can build five minutes or ten minutes in a week. You've got like twelve open mic. Hey, you gotta tell the listeners why. Yeah, sorry. You've Go got twelve open it. mic nights, right? You can get on stage every single day of the week, right? Three times a week. There's, there's one at six. There's one at eight. There's one at nine, and they're all in their Dude, three times a week. You can yeah. get three times, three times in like a day. Two, yeah, in a three day. Times I'm a day. sorry, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, three times a day, you can get on stage. In Dubai, they're like two open mic nights. A in, month, in a month, tops, like or maybe three, if you're willing to drive to to Eric's gig, right? <laughs> the fact of the matter is that it takes time to develop a five minute set. So when you see a tight five minutes, that is not something that the comic just walked on stage and happened to spit out. That is a well honed, well timed, well rehearsed routine that the comic has spent time on, spent time on pauses, spent time on expressions. Like I have, in the beginning, I don't know. I mean, obviously, every comic has their own style of doing it, but when I I initially started I used to script everything from the full stop to the comma to the pause of my set because I wasn't very comfortable with crowd work and I wasn't myself so I I had my set I had to do my bit so 5 minutes meant scripting 480 to 500 words and that was how I measured it okay I knew 500 words is 5 minutes so that took a lot of effort and to see somebody steal that is is it just makes me furious man because yeah. I spent a lot of work on that dude we have three open mic nights a month In India, it's easier to generate five minutes. Not to say that it's 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 okay to copy in India, but uh, if I take like a two weeks to build five minutes, and I see some noob like go ahead and do my five minutes on stage, that infuriates me, dude. That makes me want to knock him out. But then the law prevents me from knocking him out because I'm like I like comedy, but I like my visa, man. So I'm not gonna like hit the guy. But honestly speaking, it yeah, it's terrible. You should not steal people's jokes. That's just something that should not be done. And I've been guilty of it the first time I went on. I did it. A lot of other people do it, but that's. I think it's um. Okay, look. Uh, if if you want to try it, if it's a, if it's something that's on your bucket list and you want to do comedy once in your life, maybe then okay. Like you know, you can't blame somebody. Like for example, Bob's Bob doesn't do comedy, right? If Bob's like, okay, you know what, I want to try stand up comedy for the first time, and he maybe steals somebody's jokes. Him stealing a joke. Now, if I saw him stealing a joke, and then you follow him, and you do. As let's assume Amit's joke, I'd get pissed off at you. Yeah. Way more than I'd get pissed off at him because you you know what it's like. You know the effort Hell required yeah. to write a freaking joke, right? Yeah. So obviously that also plays into things. So I mean, it's it's just, just the bottom line is it's never okay to steal somebody else's material. Yep, for sure. What's your what's now? I am. Uh, you and I think you are one amongst the few people, dude. You're willing to die for comedy. I I don't want. I hope I'm not speaking for you. But I am willing to die for comedy, and and I don't mean that where I'm going to carry a flag and I'm going to be the funniest guy. What I'm saying is personally, I'm willing to go to any extent to be the guy in the room where people come up to me and say, just like you said, "Hey, dude, life has been tough," or even in a in a minor sense, I've had a bad day, and uh, thank you so much. You made my day feel so much better, and I'm like, dude, that's all I wanted. Getting paid is a bonus, but where's your vision for comedy? Because I feel like. Not I feel like a lot of big comedians they do this service to humanity and community, and they deliver so much. Like Chappelle, honestly, straight up, he saved me from depression, and I'm willing to go as far as to say I didn't kill myself. Dude, Chappelle's show till date, I have a friend and a guest who was on the show, Rahul Bolchandani. Chappelle's show saved us. In whatever context you want to take that, take it. Chappelle show. We still rewatch Chappelle show. 
till date dude comedy has a way of just lightening people you know, wait one second before you start i just want to ask where do you want to head where do you want to be that's that was my dude, point dude my entire goal is i want to spend the rest of my life making people laugh it's as simple as that now i want to obviously there is a reality in the situation that you need to make a certain amount of money to stay alive you need to buy food you need to pay rent right so if i can do that through while making people laugh there's no better deal in the world that i can get because for me i've done a lot of jobs okay i grew up um, i grew up in bombay i moved to moved to the states when i was 16 i have worked at motels i have worked at 711s i've worked night shifts at like shady ass hotels where i've rented rooms by the hour and i'd like clean up the bed sheet myself and replace it for the next hour uh, i've worked at golf courses and sold cigarettes to rich white people i've done all sorts of things in the states but no job has ever made me as happy as attempting i'm not saying i kill every night but i'm saying that making people laugh just gives you that sense of fulfillment and for me that is that is something that i i wouldn't be pretentious enough to say i was born to do but that's something that makes me very happy and that i would like to do for the rest of my life yeah so it's about finding a purpose i think this i would like this to be my purpose i'm too nascent again in the comedy scene to say that oh i was born to be like dave chapel no but my heroes are all comics yeah like if you ever visited my apartment i've got four massive freaking posters of comics on my wall that's all i care about i i literally care about the power that comics have to bring joy to people and and also highlight social issues while doing it talk about things that's important to them so obviously it's not just that i care about comics who are talking about social issues so yeah sure i like i like karunesh and i like i like uh, comics who are talking about social issues right but i also like stupid <coughs> comics who are just like doing knock knock jokes like it's irrespective of the the medium Dude, every or great the, the comedian has a dick joke yeah i mean whatever it is whatever you're joking about you're still at some level bringing laughter to people's lives and i think that is a very noble pursuit and that's how i that that's what i want to see my life go into obviously that's 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 what i want to do and let's say in your dream world in 10 let's say 15 years 10 years is you've just hit comedy um they say 10 years is how long it takes to be a comedian uh disagree or agree you know you can say i'm doing gigs every day so 10 years multiplied by 365 that's a totally different formula as opposed to something that middle eastern commu- com- comedians are uh co- comedians perform to because we don't have that amount of gigs but where are you in 15 years in your dream scenario and go as crazy as you so want so i i have since the last 5 years i've had two dreams there's an advertising dream which is my day job and there's a comedy dream my advertising dream involved me walking into johnny ives office and say like johnny dekh bahut ho gaya tera kachra too much nonsense you've been doing this is how you're going to sell the ipad 16 <laughs> that was my advertising dream and johnny is like why are you talking up. in hindi johnny like stands up <laughs> and is like, like i speak hindi bro i don't know <laughs> he has you. to listen to me because i am the director at like tvwa i don't know who their incumbent agency is but i'm like dude uh, johnny shut the hell up like your 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 opinions are nonsense this is how you're going to sell this is the new commercial for the ipad and he just so stands up silently and starts applauding he's like bro <laughs> that is the dream <laughs> and i sell that idea for a multimillion that's the advertising dream the other the other dream the comedy dream is selling out the met oh nice that is the comedy dream now obviously both are ridiculous but the good thing is i would be happier now if i sell out the met and it's not because that's a lot of money or that's like a goal but for me that's like i made 20000 people laugh 
Mm. I made them happy. I made them forget about the stress of their. I'm sorry, guys. I it's not the Met. The Met is a museum. But I meant the Madison Square yeah, Garden. Yeah. That's what I meant. But like, you think about it. Even the Met would be awesome, right? Like, I if agree. I sold a museum out for a comedy night, that'd be freaking brilliant. That's better than like Madison Square Garden. Like a Mona Lisa, chodo Mickey ko dekho, must comedy karana. That is the goal, bro. That is. You're asking me what I do in 15 years? F- screw Madison. I want to sell a Met out, dude. I, I want like my own like little me on like a f- stand. Next to like an important painting, doing comedy like this is worth preserving historically. That is the goal in fifteen years, bro. People That's can't. People are like, I can't choose between taking a picture between <laughs> Mikdad or Mona Lisa. This is so tough. And the messed up thing is, we messed up again because the Mona Lisa is in the Louvre in Paris. It's not in the Met, but irrespective, we are people uneducated. People are understanding. <laughs> you, you get our Baki gerai ko samandre republic. That is the Met. That we are not. That's improv. Folks. That's improv. That's improv. <laughs> at the highest quality. So we can, we can step away from comedy for a little bit. Now, <laughs> I know Mikdad is an advertising expert because he runs Videsi with, uh, like we said, Amit Asadani, uh, who will all get on soon enough. But And your knowledge is extremely important for running a show and promoting a show and producing a show in the region like the Middle East because this is a region like no other. And let me just say that my direct opinion about this industry or this region is the fact that people turn over uh, turn around turn over because we are expats in this region so if you um, if you capture a bar or if you capture a bar manager you we can never have a comedy seller or a, a, a laughter factory or whatever you want to call it because places keep changing bar managers have different visions i was just kicked out of a place because they said yeah we no longer want this show because we're going to focus more on food and i have no say in that because i can't say yo people like to laugh more than they like to eat it's debatable but i think your knowledge in the advertising industry or how it works is also important it helps you run shows for longer and promote shows for longer and obviously just like um Yala laughs in Abu Dhabi. You have a important role to play in the scene in the Middle East and the UAE. So, can you please tell us about that? So, I mean, the the way I see it, dude, is that you can cannot blame a bar manager for not wanting to have comedy. It's very simple. It's a matter of economics. A band requires one license, right? And that band will play for four hours. The band can cover Wonderwall. and the band can play wonderwall every single night and people who came on tuesday will come back on wednesday and say bro please play wonderwall again it's a must the song play that with or without you my girlfriend left me they listen to that stuff for 6 days in a row straight but if i do my metro joke my own friends won't stop coming to the show and i've heard this they like tera metro joke nahi sunne ka like i'm like dude why it's like it took me a long time to write please listen to <laughs> it at least funny, four times right? yeah funny. like like listen to it four times and then judge but i i mean i can't blame them about it. they probably listen to it like 10 times but the idea is that the comedy show by a set is 90 minutes long right uh, a a band can go on for 4 hours with quick 10 minute breaks and the second thing a band you don't need the audience's attention dude absolutely the not the audience can go dance can go stand in the corner like Break a guy can pick up a chick like while listening to like oasis in the background they're like yeah you are my wonderwall baby <laughs> like i can't when i'm talking about <laughs> on stage nobody can pick up a girl there's a gandagi in the room there's dirtiness 
you can't pick up chicks while i'm making jokes on the stage dude especially if i'm talking about yeah mai i stay in a maids room and i like my elbows hitting the wall you can't don't like give your set away don't give your set away that's <laughs> so those are discarded so it's okay maybe anup can use them i don't know it's just <laughs> me too uh, anup's going to come up man in the me too movement oh lord so in heaven bro so i think uh, no I, but i i i accept your point and i told bob the same thing musicians yeah. we're in the art scene but musicians have it i'm i'm not uh, sorry if i say way easier but yeah you got to be good musicians you got to be prepared you got to be ready to perform 3 4 hours cuz they do abuse musicians in a different way comedians apart from being underpaid yeah uh after a certain amount of time they're like yeah we know your jokes i've i've had a guy man uh, he's not even a comedian he told me yo if you're going to do those jokes don't come back and i was like you know what i'm not coming back <laughs> i ain't got no jokes sir <laughs> i only have like 4 minutes yeah. so and that was when i started out and now what i do is i attack bars and i attack venues and shows and i'm like you know what i'm not going to do my material i'll just be funny and it works out to be honest but you got to get to that stage you but have, that's not what we're it takes time to get comfortable with crowd work dude and honestly speaking the best in the business can do crowd work with crowd work you can have a bad night you can have 20 years of experience with crowd work still get on stage what if it's just a bunch of shy people in the front row who don't reply like for example like bob like let's say you're sitting in the front row and i'm like hey man what's your name and you just look like scared mm. i can't make fun of you cuz clearly you're not comfortable and you've bought a ticket So I'm not going to alienate my audience dude. If he's not comfortable being spoken to, I can't mess with him. He's a paying customer. 100%. Yeah, so I have to move on to the next person. And what if everybody's like that? I can't have a crowd work show. So you have to have material. You can't just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm like I'm going to say, "Oh, you Lebanese people are like this and Indians are like this." And then then you have to go back to your plain old stereotypes, dude, which, which is Which I hate. Which is not what you want to do as a comedian, you know? And it is funny. But you need to understand that like we We want to talk about things, or at least I do. I'd like to see myself talking about things that I care about. I really don't care about making fun of other people's races anymore. In the beginning, to get on stage to get that first couple of laughs, I'd do it. I have this joke about Pakistani taxi drivers. It's a terrible joke. It's not even funny, according to me. But it still gets laughs. And when I'm bombing, I'll throw it out because I know it's like a, it's like something that works, you know. And that's like a crutch. that you know that okay this works but is it the right thing to do is it what you want to communicate like is that is that what you want to say on stage is that you want to punch down at people you want to punch down at another race like i'm sure modi would be happy but that's not the goal right you want to like talk about things that empower people you want to talk about differences but in a way that makes fun of the differences and like brings people together you know you don't want to like punch down and say oh you like eat dosas you suck like no like you eat dosas that's funny but even i like dosas after i tried them that's what you want to say you don't want to like just f- bitch about people that's not so how it should be you know how do you feel about punching up punching down what's the vibe cuz uh, let me just give a little padding to this question cuz i did a gig recently and it was a beat the gong format and i lost to a guy who was punching down continuously my style um it wasn't planned but i sort of punch myself in the face cuz i feel like if and this is a rule that i use while connecting with people on a general level if you realize that someone is not afraid of making fun of themselves you can invest in them from a personal perspective you can talk to them you feel comfortable that okay this guy irrespective of ego because ego is a very subjective word but if i 
tell people that yeah i feel i'm vulnerable and i can make fun of myself and i'm this i'm abc and then i tell them uh hey dude i don't like your shoes i think you put on weight they're slightly more comfortable because i have given them the insecurities okay let me put it this way have you seen eight mile yeah so in the last scene where eminem's like yo this is everything about me that's wrong now come at me and the guy's like left speechless right. that's beautiful that's a beautiful scene because yeah. he knows everything that's wrong with him and it's not that he's comfortable with it he's but he's putting aware his insecurities out there so and they're dis- up to display and this rap is about dissing the other guy and he's like this is everything about me so bring it on and the guy's like left speechless because he Eminem has rapped about or the character I forgot his name but he's covered everything so the guy's done he doesn't have any work to do so I go on stage and I I'm not saying I insult myself man maybe to a certain extent but I'm telling people I'm aware that I am brown and I am not pretty and I am a race that is judged wrongly or lowly in society stuff like that and then people's walls completely shatter and then I destroy like I can go for whatever I want I can talk about Trump I can talk about white people I can talk about anything I want and they're listening I'm not saying they agree they don't find me exceptionally hilarious but they're listening that's the most important thing and so i don't promote especially noobs don't punch down too much because then you don't know how to punch up if you train with people who are weak you're going to be weak so you train with stronger be creative tell a story i know it's not easy but that's where you want to be you want to do an hour you can't do racist jokes for an hour that's impossible that's the way i see it is that you should not if you're new do what works Yeah, if you're okay. new, do what works, get a laugh. Because the way I see it is that when you start out doing comedy, nobody cares about who you are. True. And nobody cares. Like if if the first time you got on stage, you the audience that you had came for a comedy night. They didn't come to watch Rushdi Rafiq. Rushdi yep. Rafiq just happened to be on the lineup. And till this day, when I promote a show, nobody's coming to watch Megdad. People are coming to watch a show, a comedy show. Today when I'm when I'm Virdas, people are coming to watch virdas people are coming to watch virdas's opinions at that point of time you can get into your own insecurities you can get into your own stories you can get into your own fears but in the beginning the primary comedy needs to be about you being funny be a, funny a guy being funny or a, a gal being funny whatever be i don't care gender first. respectively yeah. be funny first then get into things that you care about because you cannot establish a baseline with your audience unless they know what you're about what you're about so for example virdas when people come to watch virdas they're not coming to watch a comedy show they're coming to watch virdas live 100% because he's he's big when people are coming to watch dave chapel they know what they're expecting so be funny first so when, for example jaspreet singh we brought him here very recently this guy is freaking hilarious i love this guy Agreed. he's very very funny he doesn't pretend to be a guy about social issues and trying to change the world. nothing he's doing mom and dad and like no. my enfield is like this and my life is like this and it's it's freaking hilarious i love it it's masi granted but i love it dude it's funny and that's the point as a comedian your first and your most important job is not to change the world is to make people laugh which is what some comedians forget they're like are me matlab voltaire i am vol- i will change the world i am karl marx like like <laughs> put your way make people laugh first so especially okay if it's your one hour special and you've sold out a 600 seat auditorium then by all means man go and talk about like issues and talk about saving the world dude because that is your stage In a comedy lineup where you're doing 10 minutes you do not have the right to be a preacher. 
you have to be a comedian that's your goal that's your objective and that is the part of the job and that's what the most fulfilling thing about this job is don't make laughter. people laugh laughter that's yeah. it the Mo- moment you get into this whole zone where you're just kind of like are bro i will change the world with my thoughts you're a 25 year old man you don't have any thoughts <laughs> shut the hell up <laughs> just calm down <laughs> wait one second but i know that dude you i've told you this before and i'm willing to say it on air like you're the most george carlinesque comedian i've seen cuz i can see the the social thing just using out of you man there are some jokes i'm not going to mention it on air and i don't want you to talk about it as well cuz people are going to come to the show and see it happen live but you i know you have these jokes that are when i say lame i i'm not framing it in a lame sense what i mean is the easy jokes the easy laughs but then you bring this stuff up and the room goes dead and there are like out of i'm just bringing putting up a number 100 people four people will laugh so hard that i'm like these guys connect with him from a tel- telekinetic point of view they're like i know exactly what he's talking about and the response is not as good as he hopes but i'm like use that keep that work on that cuz that's what it's all about so where i know you know what are you a fan of george carlin and where's like are you so connected to that the the first bit that i saw of george carlin was his bit on stuff wait go a little into detail cuz i so don't so he does this whole bit about stuff and he just uses the word stuff he's like okay so why do people collect stuff because stuff you need most you need like what is a house a house is a place to put stuff and then you put more stuff in your stuff and then you put stuff to collect your stuff and then he like goes on about and i was like holy smokes dude he's talking about something so ridiculous but it's so funny and then i started watching him more and more and more ye sahi bola isko matlab iska paisa wasool like 100% all the money that i have spent on watching this video is completely <laughs> <With the> zero <laughs> zero <laughs> but if i had hypothetically spent 100 dirhams i would have said that this 100 dirhams is worth it because Which he didn't spend i didn't spend i'm just saying that if i had go on sorry go on <laughs> <laughs> no but that guy is a genius dude and obviously i want to emulate people i look up to george carlin is one of the best comedians i was one of the best comedians in the world and by far top 3 comics of all time for me um so yeah dude i i i enjoy so even when i do when i do stuff that matters to me you know so if i'm talking about love jihad or if i'm talking about like racism or if i'm talking about female genital mutilation i will make sure i pad those with easy jokes 100% like the f- dude like the way i that's see it is that's experience by the way that the way i see it is that what a lot of open micers need to understand at least in the uae circuit from what i've seen is that initially establish your expertise as a comic establish your expertise as somebody that can make people laugh then you get into the serious stuff because then you have commanded the attention of the room then people care about what you have to say so after 10 minutes of making people laugh their hearts out then you can talk about things that really matter to you so when i'm talking about a pakistani taxi driver i don't really find that funny myself but it's a quick laugh so i'll do it but then i can move on to talking about things that really matter to me and that's how comedy needs to be done and then eventually when you're at a point where you're like dave chapel and you're selling out stadiums then you can go on about stuff like bill cosby or you can go on about stuff like black rights because those are beautiful topics and those are things that mean a lot to him because being a black man i'm sure like being affected directly that is that is his that's how he's been raised and that's 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 something shaped that's like shaped his character shaped his character man that's so then people will hear you because you're an authority on the subject and people are buying 
tickets to watch you talk about things that you're passionate about nobody cares about what i think because i'm not a known comedian dude i'm just like a ah, comedy show some fat <laughs> guy from bombay is going to say laura laura and get off like dude i am not even joking i'm not even joking i have had this i i did a show recently with um with with three girl comics that i called from india very very talented comedians uh, uruj uh, sonali and um, uh punya arora very very talented comedians they all came they all killed sonali thakkar got off the stage sonali thakkar is a very very famous comedian yeah i know her i i saw her in Brilliant. 2014 Brilliant. and i was like she's going to be great after sonali got off stage she did 40 minutes she did a tight 40 minute set and she left on a standing ovation people wow. were on their feet because she performed i have never seen i have seen i'd say she's one of my top 5 comics in in india as of Whoa. today because after that performance in a dirty <laughs> bar she destroyed and she put she put 90% of the guy comics i know to shame woo straight up straight up after that the owner of the bar walks up to me he's like bro tu ja abhi stage pe I'm like dude this is a girls night how do I go on stage like no 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 wo sab theek hai ladies night aur sab theek hai but you go on stage and say makal people will laugh and they will enjoy I'm like dude she left on a standing ovation I can't follow that but no Fs you have to go given <laughs> you, you to go go. because sexism and 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 this dirty ghati stereotype yeah, of delivery yaar tum gali do stage pe to matlab maza aayega life mein that's not how it is dude and i and i told uh, multiple so, people uh, one second did yeah. you did you go or did i had to because they were my client dude i wasn't happy oh. about it but they, i went on stage i did 5 minutes i didn't add any value to the show in fact he, i think you were borderline embarrassed i was embarrassed what... dude how do you follow sonali thakkar she absolutely demolished for 40 minutes that woman got on stage and she was dude she's dirtier than me on stage okay she's talking about like you know <laughs> i was like holy shit because she looks like a very very i mean she is a very very like like refined uh, articulate individual and then she goes on stage and she's an animal dude she was demolishing and she left on a standing ovation people were losing their mind straight up comedy straight like up comedy. yeah that's the thing hilarious yeah, like for sure brilliant i was on my feet dude as a producer i've seen a lot of freaking comics I'm and we don't react topic. comedians don't react we're yeah. like good joke thumbs up <laughs> we don't clap and we don't laugh out Because loud and i told jealous. people that we are insecure individuals that's true that's true <laughs> no no and that's But i'm being straight up feet, dude and and then the bar manager is like tu ja oh man I'm, i still think she's great she's fabulous dude I like the deviation and the tangent we went on but we were actually talking about advertising and I was kind of complimenting on you on how well you how is your advertising and marketing uh, you know ideas and knowledge helped with the scene or See, your scene at the end of the day everything that you create whether you are an accountant or whether you're a comedian or whether you're like uh, I don't know whether you're bob just like producing shows like as a sound editor the fact of the matter is that you need to sell this service so advertising always helps now i was very very lucky to work with a very very cool firm called foxy moron back when i was in bombay and um, foxy moron foxy moron yeah it's, a, it's uh, this is what i like about marketing companies yeah you can say stuff like that cuz there's no there are no accounting or auditing firms that have cool names yeah, but yeah, it's price waterhouse coopers that just sounds like you're going to kill yourself dude and that's <laughs> that's true <laughs> but uh, this company is very cool in fact I, i actually after i completed my mba i wore a suit and I, let me tell you a little story about how i actually joined this company 
um i want to suit cuz i just completed my marketing mba and i was like all over because i had three interviews right i had an interview with procter and gamble i had an interview with unilever and then i had to go uh, i had to meet this um, company called foxymoron right and i i walk into this office it's it's in lower prel which is like a really um, i know old school area in in bombay and um, I walk in with a suit and I have to meet this guy called Pratik Gupta he's the, he's the owner of um, he's one of the partners at Foxy Moron and I and I walk in wearing a suit this motherfucker is playing fifa <laughs> he's straight up playing My fifa and, and and I'm not shitting you the guys like hey man What's up, man? My partner told me that you were gonna come in for an. Inter- Do you want a beer? I'm like, hold on. This man. is a trick. This is. <laughs> it's a trap. It's, it's not a trap. I drank that damn beer. Oh my god. I drank that beer and I relished <laughs> that beer. And I was like, dude, this is where I want. This is the industry where I want to be, yeah. be in, man. Because, uh, and and the fact of the matter is that I, I used to work on uh, an account called Fosters, right? Fosters beer. It's big in big in India and and. Uh, Yeah, they sponsor a lot of comedy events, so that's where I started getting um, getting interested in the whole comedy scene. We used to work on this. Um, we used to work on this account, uh, this this campaign called Foster's LOL, which is where a lot of um, comedians in India got their start. So guys like Arunesh, guys like Sumit Anand, guys like I, I don't know Virdas. It was a weird ass property, and I and I used to tag along with these comics. Used to go to Pune, go to Bangalore, just kind of like watch them do their thing. And I was like, dude, this is such a great thing. I want to do it as well, yep. and then I got on at the Canvas Laugh Factory. I stole Gabriel Iglesias' like set, and then said, yep. the rest is history, bro. That's <laughs> but like I was saying, the the entire thing about comedy is once you know how to market something, it's very important to market something. So, if you look at all of the comics, when it comes to being commercial, sometimes you need to be clean. Mm. So. For example, when it comes to marketing a show, sometimes you need to be clean. So I, I, you have to develop a separate corporate set. So this marketing knowledge obviously helps. Yeah. So even when it comes to marketing shows at the Desi Laughs, I know I have a I have people that I work with who know how to advertise on Facebook, who know how to advertise on Twitter. I I, I work with so many great graphic designers as well. I work with this guy called Nitesh, who's who's also uh, open mic over here, Chaturvedi. Okay. He's also he, he creates nice little posters for us and helps us market the scene. You know, and it's all a volunteer effort. Obviously, as and when I can pay them, if you're getting paid for a show, we pay them. But then, they all come together and they all contribute their own skill set. So I I understand marketing from an overall broad perspective. Nitesh is a great graphic designer. Then I I work with a guy called Prakash in India. He's a great advertiser, a great media manager. So he knows where to invest the money. Should I invest it on SEM? Should I invest it on Google? Should I invest it on Facebook? Should I buy display banners? So those things. Uh, you need a team to do all of those things, man. It's not an easy job to sell tickets. Hundred percent. that's what advertising is about my friend yeah man everyone i i know a lot of people who are like i quit my job and i'm going to start a blog and stuff and i tell them yo don't do that i hate want to step on your passion and all that stuff but at least know where you're headed that helps i'm not going to get too deep into it cuz that's not the point but jumping into it is cool but have a plan know how deep the pool is uh, okay you don't know how to swim that's fine but know how the deep how how deep the pool is it helps cuz you'll get to your goal faster and everyone has different uh, amounts of money to burn and money as a i know it comes and goes but get there faster man it helps so yeah that's one thing the entire problem with advertising let me tell you is that look the way i see it it's a great career for people who start out because it's creative you get to work with celebrities you get to go on shoots it's very fancy in the beginning right Super fancy. in the beginning you're like oh wow this is cool but at the, at the end of the day you realize that the purpose of your job 
is to mildly delay people from watching content that they actually want to watch mildly delay what yeah because that sounds horrible if you are watching shole on ztv and you love that movie you are enjoying that movie right you're like abhi aayegi radha abhi aayega amitabh bachchan and then suddenly a surf excel ad shows up <laughs> you're like bro i was into the movie <laughs> I don't give a flying f- how to clo- clean my clothes <laughs> like how <laughs> white how excited. white my clothes are yeah and no matter how amazing that ad is what that ad has done is basically delayed you from watching what happens to Sunny Deol or like no Sunny Deol is not in he's not in Shola but like Ami- what happens to Amitabh Bachchan in the movie right and that's what my job was so when you think about it from a macro perspective this job is not very satisfying you know you're delaying gratification i'm delaying and as an as a comic who opens for a lot of headliners and you have to get to the punchline fast yeah oh my god so that's that's what ha- that's wow. what i felt like when i was opening for kenny i'm like i'm sorry i work in advertising <laughs> but i also am an opening comic so you came here to watch kenny but you have to deal with me <laughs> you have to get minutes. past me <laughs> you have to get past I me i am the gatekeeper of great content <laughs> that's that's why that's, that's, that's why i want to become a comedian like that that's like that's time. deep man that's scarily deep Yeah that's every you and we and you should be advertising industry so messed up that they will create award ceremonies for themselves and you know who the only <laughs> people who care about advertising awards are advertisers nobody like if you make the best surf excel ad and it's like touching like the dove ad right the dove like oh real beauty sketches oh, yeah, like it's great that. right it's yeah. like a big big viral video but is it as awesome as a transformers movie no man <laughs> nobody cares about your dove propaganda you don't like, have your, mark wolberg you're a freaking white skin propaganda from dove nobody cares it's like you're ta- you're patting your own shoulder giving that's, yourself awards that's it's true. the it's a soul sucking career boys It's oh god i thought accountancy no but accountancy is like a waste of time i'll tell you what accountancy adds a direct value to the business that's you, true you you can sort tell of. whether a company is profitable or not where to cut expenses where yeah. not you know what i do i'll be like bro give me your product i will shoot with john abraham and make this product awesome <laughs> i will put him on a mountain awesome no, i, I like will that. put him on a mountain and i will have water falling on john abraham and people will be like holy <laughs> i have to buy synthol dio like this is what i'm doing for a living <laughs> you understand this is this is messed up this dude. is the scam oh man i like you less now <laughs> and now that i know you do this i make decent money doing it but it is not what i want to do the rest of my life like i don't want to make john abraham shower on a mountain as lord and be like hey bro, uh, sh- bro show buy, that other pack <laughs> show that other pack buy synthol dio <laughs> Because the fact of the matter is, if he's on a mountain and there's a waterfall falling on him, that synthol dio will be washed off. <laughs> But nobody cares about that because there's no logic with advertising. That's the end of this segment, <laughs> and uh, it's I'm sad now. So yeah, we're gonna stop with this segment. See you in a bit. As you know, on the Hangout, we support local artists. Here's a song by Muhammad Motiwala, who's been on the scene since age 19 and is a full-time musician now. Uh he's kind of Atif Aslamesque. So if you fall in love anytime soon it's probably because of him. You can follow him on Facebook Muhammad Motiwala Music. That's M U H A M M A D M O T I W A L A Music on Instagram m.motiwala. Here we go.
देखता है दिल तुझे सोचता है दिल पर छू नहीं सकता ये पूछता है दिल हर बार ये कहे मुझसे गिले करे मुझ में है तू बसा तुझको न ये दिखे शायरी मेरी क्यों दूर है तुमसे इतना बुरा हूँ क्या मुझ में तू झाक ले मुझे रब से मांग ले तेरे सिवा मेरा ना है कोई यहाँ अब्बा तू मुझे उससे तू मिला दे दीदार यार खुद से तो पूछ ले मुझे खुद में ढूंढ ले झूठा हूं मैं नहीं है खुदा गवा मेरा सकता तू ख्वाब ही सही मुझको मना ले अब ना बना ले एक बार जो गया फिर मैं ना So we're back and we still got Migdad with us thank God. Yeah. Okay. So Migdad something that's familiar with him very extremely familiar and uh, he even talks about it in his set. I'm not going to spoil it in any way. You guys have to catch him at a live show. Arranged marriage. Boom 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 boom. Boom 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 boom. There's too so. much sound effects for something that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to bring attention to it. Arranged marriage. I personally arranged marriage My mom has sort of approached me a couple of times. I'm 29. I'm unmarried. Arranged marriage. She's even gone to the extent where she's found a girl from a Western country. I like it. I like her tenacity, her zeal. 
she's like oh she's from you know this country and you'll get the passport and nice. so i'm like there's, damn there's, man. A, there's, <laughs> there's a sales plan there's like yeah, a, oh shit, <laughs> there are promotions that i was like on. you're working hard for this stuff right <laughs> thought you just get these girls from the village but no you've gone you've gone western man you've gone all the way out important, i rejected her important stuff is happening important mal <laughs> i rejected her straight up cuz i was like i can't do that to another human being that's kind of messed up but uh, yeah what's your take on arranged marriage i'll tell you what when i was younger like when i was in my 20s and my mom started off with the idea she just kind of like teased me wait you how I, old now and when you say younger how old are you we talking 10 years my mom has been at this for 10 oh, years damn. yeah so initially oh. i was very hesitant like i was like mom just like like go away just jao <laughs> yes go out just leave the room and let me watch little lulu in peace like just go just go but then eventually over time you realize that at least the way um, the bori society works or at least the the progressive bori society works is that it's not necessarily arranged like the entire idea is where you're just kind of like oh <coughs> you meet this girl during your wedding night and you lift the veil and suddenly it's like oh that's what you look like now let's have sex like that's not how it works you actually get to meet this girl so for example with my fiance i met her like multiple times before i actually decided that you know what i want to get married to this girl and it was very in all in all how do you describe it man it's it, it just you know if for all intents and purposes it was like me meeting this girl at a restaurant yeah like that's i just met her it was like a blind date that my friends set up but instead of my friends it was my parents right and i met her and i met her alone i've met i've had other issues where i've actually gone on dates where i've 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 expected to just meet the girl and her whole family is there just like okay how much money do you make i'm like can you ask me my name first man like what is going on but <laughs> this particular situation with my current fiance it was very chill i met her i met her a couple of times and then we realized that okay you know what we're going to do like the little the little uh, bath pakki which is basically like okay you know what we are officially allowed to see each other and then yeah. like now we're going to get married bath pakki yeah. yeah that's exactly. basically the, the entire dc culture thing yeah. but uh, there are tr- more traditional ways which i might not necessarily agree with where it's kind of like okay you don't even meet your wife you just happen to like meet her on the wedding night where you're just kind of like okay here's Here's your prize. Just start fornicating. Like that is not cool. I've I've met I haven't met enough uh, Indians who this has happened to, but I've met three Pakistanis. They've traveled to Pakistan, and when they enter the the house, which is their house, there's a family just waiting, and they're like, "Oh, this is the groom." and i was like dude that is so scary that, that is that is very common so oh, in, in my culture at least in my society the the the, the, the orthodox families would do that where you get to see um you, you get to see pr- prospective grooms and brides by going to the other family's house it's a very formal affair so the whole family will come and then you get 5 minutes in the bedroom where you get to speak to us and you you have done this i've actually done this right oh god i've gone to the i've gone to girls houses where i'm kind of like i'm sitting with them in the living room and their whole families then and then then you know what they do is because it's freaking awkward as hell right so the only thing they can talk about oh do you know this guy <laughs> they're like yeah we know this guy he has a shop over here and then they start talking about that guy and who nobody cares about that guy i'm here to marry your daughter or like why so why are we talking about guys why are we talking about that guy who has a shop in some street like no but it's so awkward and then like for 5 minutes you go into the bedroom you go into the bedroom and you get to speak to this person who you might potentially be marrying right and this person is like hi kemcho 
do you want uh, what do you do and i'm like i i work in advertising oh, okay that's very nice very nice uh, um uh, how much money do you make i'm like hold on hold on oh, wait dude did they really ask you that straight up bro every, at least 70% of the arranged marriage dates i've gone on the third question is it is how much money do you make so and i name? would do that <laughs> I would do that oh. if I made an impressive amount of money but oh, okay. unfortunately working in advertising you do not make it impressive <laughs> so that question always offends me <laughs> like if I was like a finance guy working in DIFC just like making a million bucks a month I'd be like ha main matlab 200000 kamata hai mahine ka chahiye kya aurat like life mein like chahiye kya matlab paisa paisa But like I don't make that much money, so, so you can't really offended. brag. I'm like, why are you offending me without knowing the answer? Like, just just ask me what I like doing in my free time. I'll tell you, I like watching comedy. <laughs> It's I can't imagine it being easy, man. Were there any dates that were super dates? Any meetups with these women that? you were like in the first 10 minutes the chicks like yeah this is not going to work out and you were like yeah thanks a lot shake handshake and you walk away like professionals so they like oh that those those have happened on multiple occasions <laughs> oh my god do wait one second what's the number how many of these women have, have you met, met i have met close to 140 women through arranged marriage dates dude 140 yeah. women 140 no like, like meetings meetings so i'll tell you what how it's very tactical Like you know, if you actually went out to the woman, you talk about what you do and what you like. Here it's very tactical. Uh, there's a set of twenty questions that you have, right? Like oh, you're you playing twenty questions, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, literally. But it's like uh, Muslim twenty questions. <laughs> kind of like it's it's like okay. How many siblings do you have? Because <laughs> oh. once your father dies, I want to know how much money I have. Oh you know, my you know, god! Straight up. So it's like, <laughs> do you have your own house or do you live in a rented? These are genuine questions, straight up. Like, yeah. in a rented house, do you? I like the way you property? say tactical questions. Tactical. That's true. It's tactical. So because there's no time to waste, everybody has to get straight to the okay. Like, uh, how long uh, before yeah. I get a house? How long? No, no. How, do I have a house or not? Not how <laughs> long. How my long bad. is a like is a. Is is if you're dating someone who has no options like that, mm. then then that is the kind of question you can ask. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> But this is uh, just straight tactical questions too. Do you? How much do you make? What does your papa do? How many siblings do you have? This, that, this, that, this, that, and then after that, after those elimination questions are over, then can you chat about? Yeah, I like Glee too. That's great. <laughs> Glee was a great show. You know, that, that, all of that comes later. God, I've never done that, and I'm so happy. Thank you, mom and dad, for never putting <laughs> me through that. That sounds horrible. It is a unique experience. It will make for a lot of material on stage. <laughs> and I've seen you do it. <laughs> I've seen you do that to churn material. Um, so, would you say that thanks to those 140 women you met, that you met your current fiance, or was that unnecessary? I'll I'll tell you what. So. Unfortunately like the entire I'll tell you the entire idea of love marriage is 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 beautiful it's romantic right and it's great like if you happen to meet somebody that you can love and that you fall in love with and like you know you, you marry that person and you're happy and must it paisa vasool like uh, good for you huh? like ekdam thumbs up and all but like some people are ugly <laughs> like i am one of those people so i have to get my mom to find people for me but i got lucky dude like i would not find this by myself like unless my mother intervened and said dek i will find you someone like i will find you hook someone hook you up hook you up without her contact without her wasta nothing i would be still just crying myself to sleep with frank sinatra songs in the background 
And I'll have it my way. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen, bro. It's a oh, oh, my way. <laughs> that is my way. <laughs> uh, but thank God it's mom's way. <laughs> so, but you did answer my question. Do you think you would have you would have agreed to this lady at uh, your fiance lady, uh, your fiance at after 140 women, or let's say she was number 10? So, I hate to put a number to it, but yeah. But like I tell you what, like in the beginning, obviously I was very, very against the idea. Mm. But that's because I was just kind of like, no, how can my mom find me my wife? Like this is something I have to do. Like Richard Gere has taught me through the multitude of movies that he has done that I have to find my own wife, and it will be Julia Roberts, and even if she's a hooker on the street, she will be my pretty woman. Like that is that is the goal. But then you realize that Bollywood and advertising are both shams. <laughs> and you're in the industry and so you know i am ugly <laughs> <laughs> i need my mother's help to find someone that will consider spending the rest of their life with me and fortunately my fiance agreed she's a wonderful woman and i don't know why the hell she agreed but she agreed so now we are like on the way to getting married it's going to be great inshallah mashallah scenes like fingers crossed everything goes great that word whatever Touch yeah word, all man. of that stuff yeah. so uh, do you, if someone said hey man this arranged marriage is garbage like uh, would you have concise and, and i wouldn't say argument but concise advice cuz you can't convince someone that arranged marriage is right or wrong they have their own views and it you don't like that doesn't matter you're not supposed to convince people and i like the way i know you say it in a in a in a funny sense where i'm ugly and my mom's got to find me a wife or whatever i disagree you could find your own wife that's that's possible maybe not the perfect pick but why would i'll tell you what sure. like the way i see it is that i've dated people before like i've had i've had my own girlfriends the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day the way i see it is that if your parents find you someone the basic issues of desi society are eliminated okay caste creed religion and these are issues that unfortunately still exist and this is a big part of my set as of today like i've dated women that are not necessarily bori muslims and the fact of the matter is that when it comes to the marriage discussion there are a lot of problems you know if, you, if i i used to date multi, i i've dated a few hindu girls before and um the problem is that it 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 ends there the moment the girl tells the parents that's a problem mm. yeah that's a that's a big issue that's like love jihad scenes like that's yep. not that's yep, not yep. acceptable yeah so what uh, the way i see arranged marriage is that that issue is eliminated if my mother finds me someone because then then is dating for me mm. so my mother found 140 girls and i chose my fiance so it's not like my mom is like are this is the girl cv take this job like no this is not how it works i obviously have a say like i really like my fiance i love my fiance which is why i'm choosing to get married to her because i I know that I get along with her. I know that she's a great person. So it is dating, but it's just organized dating. You know what I mean? At least from the DC perspective. So if people say that arranged marriage is trash, they have their own life. They are coming from a whole different mindset, and for their from their perspective, it might make sense. Mm. But for me, it makes sense because it just eliminates the heartache of dating someone for 2 years and then realizing that their parents are never going to be okay with it so are you saying that if the parents are not on board the marriage is not going to work and that has happened to me not once but at least three times oh. where 
I'm absolutely in love with my partner and I I would do anything to make it work but then they just come up to me and they're like you know what my parents would never be okay with this and you can't you can I can't fight with your parents I can fight with my parents hmm. right I can tell my parents okay papa like let it be like yeah. you know you go this Forgive is my choice Forgive me this choice. one time yeah This is my choice I want to get married to but now everybody has a different relationship with their parents so if 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 my partner who's a hindu says that you know what my parents are never going to be okay with this that's you can't fight with that you know how do you fight that you can't you just have to respect that that okay you know what i'm not going to ask you to give up people that raised you since the time you were a child just because i want to be with you i have to respect that as a part i'm like you know what that, that sucks and i'm devastated but did you ever you have doing? a partner that said i'm going to fight for this or things like that I have I, I've had like one of them mm. um she did fight yeah she got grounded and she got screwed over and she like her parents like busted her ass and all of that happened but how much pain would you cause somebody that you love mm and is it worth it because now for example one of my partners uh, one of my exes at one point they were um they were fighting for her she was fighting for it and her parents were just absolutely against the idea of her marrying a muslim right she's they're absolutely against the idea they're great people but you know they're just old school Whatever people the case, who just yeah. have these religious biases right they're great people but unfortunately that bias just feeds into it like no you cannot you're my daughter how can you marry a muslim how can you do that and for her that's like these people raised me these people adopted me you wouldn't know who i am if it, if it wasn't for, for these people yeah i cannot dis- and i have to respect that i'm like you know what it hurts me devastates me but i get it i get it yeah you know you have to so the entire idea behind arranged marriage for me is that i would not go through this heartache again i'd rather have them filtered i'd rather have a filtered list where i know that if it works i can get married to this person because unlike the states desi culture is still very caste and like religion and creed driven and it's terrible it's terrible but i just didn't have the strength to fight for it anymore and that's not discounting my fiance in any way i i love the girl and i think she's fantastic but she was pre-screened and that made it so much easier You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I have no problem with that, bub. Anything to say about that? No, no, that's um, yeah, man. That makes total sense to me and uh, and I understand the fact that uh, but you did the dirty deed, man. You met 140 girls. God damn, like that's enough for you to be like, yeah, that she's gives you she's a choice, right? Yeah, she's a good option. <laughs> like I mean, I hate to frame it like that, but yeah, yeah, it's your life and you and it's her life and you guys have agreed upon it we unless she's and, and not we, speaking. We we completely were comfortable with each other from day one like uh, usually what you do is when you meet a person for an hour on a very formal coffee date we ended up spending 8 hours together dude so at like wow. day one day two day three day four like i just knew that this person's amazing and i want to spend the rest of my life with this person it's cool it just like it just clicks right and then when that happens that would happen at a normal place like a normal date if your that. parents weren't involved yeah and she the only thing is be, the end game is the end game clear it's clear yeah you know you guys want to be together and you want to get married and, and you spend the rest of your life together it is supremely easy to do that because she's pre-screened 
And both She's, the parents, yeah. uh, both the pairs of are parents are, yeah. So, in fact, I don't have to hesitate when going all in in this relationship. I don't have to hold back. Because I'm not like, oh, what if her parents are not cool? What if uh, this happens? What if that happens? What if society will say something like, screw society, this is pre-screened. This is, yeah. this is the shit, you know, this is like amazing. Your, so, for me, job's already done. for me, this is... This worked out perfectly. Like, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, no, I want to find my own person. That's great for them. But this is great for me. So for somebody to say that arranged marriages does not work as a concept, that's incorrect. It might not work for you as an individual. That might might be against you. But there are thousands of, of, of couples who have arranged marriages who are very, very happy with their partners. You know what I mean? So that's that's the way I see it, honestly. I have some friends who think that if you get arranged marriage, uh, or rather your folks are involved and they're sort of, like you said, pre-screened, as arbitrary as that sounds. I, I have no problem with that word, but I'm just saying. Um, they're like, oh, my parents found the girl? That's like, you know, not cool or whatever. You know what I mean. I'll I'm, be honest with you. When, yeah. I, when, when, when I first oh, started... Oh, so you uh, relate to this, yeah. I relate to this completely because it's, 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 it is kind of lame. Yeah, your it parents is, found oh, yeah, you a girl, man. My mom found her through some matchmaker and then we got married. So I, I, the first time I met her, I was like, okay, if somebody asks you, say we met on Tinder because that is cooler. <laughs> that is cooler meeting for some reason. Meeting on Tinder is meeting better than... Meeting on Tinder is cooler than mom like hooking us up. But the fact of the matter is that why is it shameful? Like, okay... I met this person. It's not like my mom forced me to marry her. I genuinely like her, which is why I'm choosing to marry her. She genuinely likes me, which is why she's choosing to marry me. And the fact of the matter is that we get together because it it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just more organized. It's somebody that I know I will not face heartbreak with. So, for example, with my ex, it was devastating to not be... Okay, like, if you have a breakup with someone... And you're like, oh, I had a fight with this girl and like, I don't like, nothing makes sense. And like, we broke up. That's fine. Because you broke up because the two of you are not compatible. Two people. Two people. But however, if it is a situation where you're kind of like, I I have to break up with you because of situations outside the two of us control. And we still love each other. And we still, that is terrible. That's horrible. That sounds horrible. And that, that is why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let mom do it. <laughs> I can't deal with this drama I'm just anymore. I'm let my mom take I'm over. Like, Mama, you take care of this. I cannot. You're like, so this, good at doing there's this. There's too so. much creed and caste and love jihad and RSS happening. Like, I can't do this. Modi, wow, Modi ji, wow. Like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Blame it on Modi, man. Why not? <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I I like what you said where it's your opinion or rather your your take because if you're if you're not ready for arranged marriage that's one thing and if you think that love marriage is the right way yeah you take it forward but yeah I can I, I can relate to the heartbreak it kind of makes sense and obviously when two people disagree it's different from two pairs of parents disagreeing it's way more I'm not willing for any um, partner of mine to let go of their parents because that's who wiped your ass when you exactly. couldn't. That's who fed you when you were hungry. Exactly. That's who wiped your tears when you were down and spoke to you and took care they of you. They put your and school uniform going. on. They there packed go. your lunch. They, there we they, go. You can't expect a partner to give up. I mean, obviously, I at least from, from, from where we come from. With, with Desi culture. That's it. Your parents hold a very, very important part of your life. And I wouldn't expect 
uh, my partner to just give up their whole family to just be with me like, dude I'd, i'd hate that pressure i would hate that pressure and on top of that that would because eventually that's going to kick in yeah for sure as a problem in your relationship i left, left my, my whole family, family for, for you, you. <laughs> <laughs> dude if a girl <laughs> ever like, said that to me dude i would run I'd be like you're going to blame like, everything uh, you on me. You made a mistake man. No is that why problem? Like why that's a bad investment like. <laughs> I get that you? man. That's brutal. I would never want to hear that that would shatter me. I wouldn't be able to deal with that shit. But yeah, I like it. Congratulations. So you've been in the UAE for how long? 4 years now. 4 years. Yeah. Oh, you're still a toddler. I'm a Dubai noob. That's so cute. Dubai noob. That's so cute. I've been to like f- maybe five brunches. That's it. That's <laughs> That's the benchmark on how to measure That's how you measure your age here. <laughs> I've been here way too long. I've been here 29 years and producer Bob, how long? A long time. Longer. Long time. Longer. So uh, my expat experience is different from yours and I'd like uh to build a little upon that dude i don't even remember how fast and how awesome this place has grown and um i remember a time man when i used to get on a bus and the guy would tell me to get off cuz i had like a 50 dirham note and he's like i don't have change so you can't get on the bus <laughs> that's how you know caveman my expat experiences <laughs> but if you can highlight a couple of scenarios where so, you were mind blown by the experience you had over here as opposed to back in india um i i was i was in i was at a very good job in india i was mm-hmm. at i was at uh, the the gray group which is um, which is a wpp company very nice advertising agency back home and i have a friend here called abbas who's like uh, bro we have a marketing vacancy open and uh, you want to work client side why don't you come on in and i was like yo lo cuz i was 23 i was like maza aayega like life yeah. mein let's go and i was tired of my mom making me meet no, i was at number 70 at that point oh my god i was at number 70 so i was like you know what i'm tired of this i'm going chalo bhai ma I'm going peace out, peace from the Middle East. Like I bounced, and uh, I moved in with my aunt. It was a, it was a great upgrade. But I lived there for six months, and then I moved uh, moved to like a sharing apartment, and then eventually I got my own apartment. But the entire experience of moving to a new country, and it's not just the Middle East, dude. If you move to a new country in general, it's always amazing. It's always amazing. Like f- now, four years in, it's kind of worn off because now. now i i almost consider this home you know like mm. for me like for me now when i go back home like in two weeks i'm like yaar this enough now like <laughs> i need to go back to work start getting some stage time cuz the canvas charges me money dude to get on stage <laughs> i can't do this <laughs> i can't do this anymore so yeah uh the it, it is definitely an experience moving to a new country dude and and the things that sh- that that shocked me were very few because this is bombay dude for all it's just a cleaner bombay like dubai if you look at it i have seen like the first 6 months i did not meet one emirati guy dude like no zero because i lived in banya square maybe that's why that's but zero emiratis i just saw a bunch of malayali guys i was like this is like sarwana bhavan dude this is great this is great there are dosas and mcdonalds everywhere i love it it's amazing honestly when i go back to sri lanka just like you said dude within 2 weeks i like the the time frame you encapsulated cuz it's 14 days man after that you're like i need to go back home which is isn't exactly home but you feel like it and that's the beauty of the place man and i don't think there's any or there are few places as multi diverse as the uae which is brilliant also i think if there was anyone i i meet a lot of um what we call sikondis that's someone from another country that comes to the uae for like 3 or 6 months of work they usually pretty 
stupid <laughs> like they're very <laughs> they have uh, they're extremely short-sighted and they're if they're indian they want to hang out with indians if they're pakistani they want to hang out with pakistanis if they're sri lankan it has nothing to do with race specifically they're trying it's to be in comfort. their safe zone yeah a comfort, comfort zone they're trying to stick to their comfort zone which a is a majority sad. of my friends are indians yeah and when i first moved here moved here i have i have a group of friends and they're like about 30 of them and they're all indians and they're all people that i would hang out with in bombay and i was very very comfortable in that situation and then when i started doing comedy i started meeting more people like start meeting people like ran who's like who's lebanese and then you start meeting way, who's like lebanese, british yeah. and british mm. and then you meet like salman who's pakistani and then you meet all of these people like you you're sri lankan like I, i would not imagine meeting a sri lankan in bombay you're just like dude many people when they meet me they're like oh sri lankan who speaks hindi wow wow that's amazing <laughs> like mind blown Like, But that's crazy. like initially when you move here, it's just normal to hang out with the people that you're used to hanging out with, and it's not just a Dubai issue. Mm. This happens across the globe, dude. Because when I was in the states, when I when I when I first went to when I when I went to the states, I was in this college called North Lake College, right? It was like a small little um, preparatory school before you went to the before you went to university. I would literally just hang out with Desi people, dude. My both of my flatmates were Bori Muslims from oh Bombay. Oh God. Like it's that's sad. it's so easy to find Indian people everywhere, and that's also a terrible thing. That's terrible <laughs> because uh, you're just kind of like, okay, he likes butter chicken, I like butter chicken. Nobody's making pork in the house. It's fantastic. fantastic. This is a great roommate to have. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously, I honestly discourage people from doing that. Get. Get out there, man. Be It uncomfortable, dude. To, to meet people who are from outside your culture, hear opinions that yeah. aren't the same as yours. That's yeah, so important. Yeah, because for now, like for example, I'm talking to you about a range manager. You're from the subcontinent as well. Bob is from the subcontinent. You guys know what it is. Yeah. Like I talk to a Ukrainian person, they're like, "What? <laughs> what is a range? <laughs> are you paying money?" Like I'm like, "No, <laughs> this is not how it works." Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna switch tangents. So make that. is shares something very similar to me where we're very outspoken very um i call don't give a f- um and i'm b- brought up i don't have a lot of direction i wasn't really given life lessons or anything from a role model per se but i am i was big into sports when i was younger so tough love is very popular in sports if you want to vomit go vomit and come back onto the pitch i was a footballer so it's like Dude, your leg, can you play or not? Is it broken? It's not broken. You can play. That's the co- a sort of lessons and I'm the same. So I'm very tough love, very uh, I I'm not going to pat you on the back until it's truly truly deserved, which is a rare occasion, which is I think perfect for like something like the art scene cuz art scenes there are no promotions, there are no benchmarks, there are no ladders to climb. It's completely random and I'm super tough love so I go up to a person randomly and I'm like dude you suck and you could be better write more write more take more time work harder and you'll be better and 9 times out of 10 people are like oh thanks man but I know what they're thinking is this guy's an ass I'm gonna and I feel like you have that approach as well maybe not exactly what I meant or exactly my style but you're pretty straightforward you're not sh- you don't sugarcoat shit which is i what i like about you and um uh maybe a stretch would be socially awkward but can do you know what i'm talking about yeah i mean i've i've um, the way i see it is that i don't have time to 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 patronize people i don't want to 
Mm. and i don't have the patience to like for me even when it comes to comedy like if 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 i'm if 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 i have an open mic on stage and uh, i've told them 3 minutes and they they cross 3 and a half i'll cut off the mic yeah perfect and i, I agree. won't i won't be i won't hesitate i'll be like i gave you 3 Mm. like do not cross into somebody else's time because the way i see it is that dude this is how it's supposed to be and even at work i i've gotten penalized at this at work as well because i'm the same at work mm. i'm just kind of like i've asked you for this i need this this is what i expect from you yeah. so i've gotten fired from jobs because of this oh, because shit. i'm very aggressive and i'm like dude i will be nice to you if you deliver what you need to deliver yeah if you hold up your end of the bargain i'm not going to molly coddle you i'm not going to i'm not going to be like politically correct i'm not going to be like nice to people because it's just socially acceptable i don't care because i've got my own life to lead dude that's not the way i see it like and I, and i think being i just find it i know it's important it's very important to be like oh cutesy and nice and like i, I know a lot of comics be like oh oh my god i took a photo with him he's so amazing i love him is this is that i can't do that dude i'm just kind of like okay you know whatever like <laughs> Wow, this is my work. <laughs> I'll do my work and I'll leave, dude. Simple stuff. Yeah, that's all. I do you feel like uh, has has there any has there been any time in your life where you like I wish I was sweeter or I was nicer and things would have worked out better for me? Have you ever felt this that? This is something that my friends say to me that I wish you were not such a big d- dude. I wish you were nicer so I could introduce you to my other friends. But the fact of the matter is, I just can't give a damn, dude. <laughs> it's just like why why because dude once you hit 30 you know you've got other issues to worry about like erectile dysfunction and other things dude, why do you care about people like <laughs> screw people i agree dude i don't i don't have the time to molly coddle somebody if somebody's feelings are hurt get a bandage bro like i don't care <laughs> like this is if you want to put it where put it like you just said shove it up <laughs> for those of you all who didn't uh, catch yeah. that for those of you at home you said <laughs> <laughs> so what i do is i kind of balance it out but honestly at the end of the day when uh, you push me when push comes to shove the raw rishti comes out and he's like not a nice person and when i say not a nice person he's not politically correct or ready for society as they want and we I mean I can't prove this statistically but we will make people reach their targets faster. I'll tell you what for me now that I think about it I I'm like that but I'm like that in a negative sense. So if I have business with someone and if I have work with someone mm. and if I need someone I can be very very nice. So for example if I when when it's calling comics from India I might not like the comic that I'm talking to. So Uh, I've called a few comics, and I'm not personally fond of a few comics that I've called, right? But I will be very nice, prima facie. I will be very nice to them because it's my job as a host to be nice, right? So I will be nice, even though they your business, they're they, your client. They, they annoy me from the interior of my heart, right? I will just like get annoyed at them, but I can put on that face. But if I am aggressive and if I am like just like out there it's because i i don't need anything from you and what i'm showing you is just who i am as a person i'm just not somebody that can stand for sugar coating things and I, because the way i see it is that for example if if bob was bob 
Bob was a comic doing it with AC last night, and I said, Bob, okay, you crossed your time. That's not cool. It eats into other people's time like that. That is a conversation that would take two or three times for Bob to register. Yes. However, the first if I on the first time if I actually told Bob, Bob, don't be a. L- Yeah, like I think that would register that's tough, quicker. Like, that's yeah. just like Bob don't be like, like yeah. in the stage. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So, so I cut your work. mic off for a reason. Yeah, I cut your mic off so that that basically in Sends my mind the message. Would, would work. Yeah. So I don't but like waste and obviously that's that's why I have Amit at Vidhi Ras because because Amit is nice. Ying Yang. Amit is cute. Amit will be like, "Arey, bro, you are my best friend. You are a mustadmi. Let's go eat shawarma together. Hold pinkies and all that cute stuff he will do, dude. Because I can't, I can't be bothered with this." It's yin and yang, man. You need that. And any business, I think, to be successful needs like a. Like even if you look at Yala Love, dude, I think John is a little more. Like a little more out there, like stern. a little more stern. Yeah. And Eric is just like a big cuddly teddy bear, dude. You can't like 100. get mad at Eric, dude. Like I've never anyone who gets <laughs> mad at Eric, I will take you on personally. That's that, impossible. That, that, that person needs to be arrested. Seriously, first. that's wrong. Why I can know. you be mad at Eric? Eric is just exactly. a cutie pie. He's a he's, he's an adorable can't. guy. Can't. That's <laughs> Eric Thornquist from Yellow Laps. This it's impossible to be angry with Eric, but. <laughs> Me and Megdad, yeah, we'll take you on. We know, no worries. We'll take you on. We're, we're man enough. Destroy you. Um, that's yeah. That's all we got for this segment. So yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. See you in a bit. This segment is brought to you by Sharding. Ah, 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 ah. All right, so we're back, still with Megdad, and we're diving deep. Uh, it's kind of a weird topic because no one's talking about it in the Middle East, and it's really hot in the West, which is the hashtag #MeToo movement. Um, we're not gonna debate on whether how it's going down because we're not affected as much as I, uh, as actually we are affected. I'm I'm wrong because we are in the comedy scene. We do we do have. uh indian co- uh, comedians coming down uh to this region to perform couple of dudes have been accused i'm I, i'm not following investigations because it's not my job or not interested in but in fact a few have been not a few one has been accused here who was here we'll get into that but mikdad can you shed a little light on what exactly is going on in the on the indian comedy scene and the me too movement So basically, um, as a producer, it's become very expensive to bring comics here now, mm-hmm. simply because half of them have been implicated in this goddamn mess and being mess investigated in. and are being investigated on. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, what uh, some of these comics, some of the stories that have come out. Um, but the fact of the matter is that uh, at uh, under no circumstances is it acceptable behavior, right? You cannot treat women like that. You mm-hmm. should not be treating women like that, and. the way i see it is that um, a lot of comics right when they get success too quick mm. it gets to their head right um, the indian scene the way it works from my from my understanding is that all of these comics they have not put in the work that their american or or, or british counterparts have put in mm. um i have seen comics like brad upton who have spent 32 years before they've gone viral 
32 years of work before they make it to where they are today right and and indian comics put up one video on youtube and there's just a billion people watching it and that is fame too fast and that gets to people's heads and then they believe that they can do all of these things and there are no consequences to these things but there are consequences to behaving like a dog and if you behave like a dog you will be called out for it you can the talk price. about you can talk about social issues how much ever you want during your sets but if you're a dog and if you're just going to be a terrible human being and do horrendous things to people of the opposite sex you deserve to be called out for it so 100. um uh, there's really nothing that i can, just look the way i see it is dude i'm a guy i haven't faced this yeah i should not have an opinion on this the, the only thing i can do is just apologize for my gender and just <laughs> shut the up and listen you know that's basically what i'm supposed to do yeah. and that's what i'll do i don't want to comment to get into the details but the fact of the matter is that you should not take advantage of people even when we produce shows at least i make it a point to be extremely respectful uh to women that come to our shows i make it extremely accessible for women to ex- to 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 perform at our shows when i get a list of a lineup for comics that want to perform at a show i will put i will give women preference mm. to get on stage because i know it's it's difficult to get out of that um to, to for women to actually get into the industry first and um, to make it uncomfortable for women to actually perform to to make it uncomfortable for women in general is just not something that is is remotely acceptable you know you cannot if you're in a position of power you cannot be a sexist you can't, you can't abuse you just it. can't yeah. do that you yeah. can't be a d- you know so you just have to you just have to shut the hell up and just be a nice person that's the way i see it and as far as these me too stories are concerned yes there are some cases that i've seen recently mm. on twitter where guys are being falsely accused but if you look at the larger perspective uh, the chances of someone getting falsely accused are minuscule compared to the actual rapist so guys there are screaming and shouting from the rooftop saying oh this is false accuse this is feminazi and this and that and like that is that is just no just like keep quiet like no this is not your time to put your point of view this you this is you shutting the hell up and listening to people who have listening to us a, a section of humanity that has been abused for years because of the patriarchy so shut the hell up and listen and admit that as as a gender you have failed them mm. right so uh, even when it comes to comes to behavior with female comics I'm, i'm i'm very clear even on stage that you cannot like okay you know it it's a difficult decision for me because how much is the freedom in comedy and how much can you say on stage mm. obviously i'm 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 not even talking about harassment at this point but even when it yeah. comes to content of comedy can you say things on stage that are actually sexist hmm. can how 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 much freedom do you have to say that so there's a very it's a gray area man like if if somebody goes up and just goes on female bashing on stage would i accept that would i not accept that so these are things i have to think about i have to think about that, okay you know what uh, cracking a joke about your wife that's very very fun and friendly and say oh my wife makes me sleep on the couch that's acceptable but my wife's a c- oh okay wait, wait hold on hold, <laughs> hold on up, like yeah. let's let's back up a little bit <laughs> and calm down like you know you have to draw that line and 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 that for me as a producer is also a challenge that you know okay where do i draw the line where do i say that okay even for comics you need to shut the hell up about with your sexist agenda and just like 
talk about things that are funny as opposed to offending half of humanity you mm-hmm. know yeah so it's 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 a it's something that we as men have to learn cuz this is not something that we've experienced dude like a lot of guys have just lived very privileged lives in the fact that we have never been harassed dude yep. how many times do you get whistled on at the street Bunch freaking zero <laughs> how many times have i been cat called f- zero dude yep. like nobody <laughs> Nobody is ever besides my Dude. mom saying, "Bada, how are you?" Like nobody cares. <laughs> You're looking good in those jeans, make that. Mikko, those jeans are fantastic. Fashion street mess. <laughs> Shake it, make that. <laughs> Your dad <laughs> loves them. But those them. are not things that like guys would know. So we yeah. need. I think in general we need to shut the hell up about this and just kind of hear women out. What I hate, I hate and hate and hate to hear men like saying, "Oh, this is the women." You know, they're like. overselling it and i have read up on the um there was an experiment conducted on how and this is north american so it it might not apply even to asia or maybe it is i don't know where s- there was a report or a uh, a company that said we're willing to pay you money ladies we're willing to pay you x amount to be amongst the people who claim have been harassed or molested or raped by abc these big people like trump uh, you know big big names i'm sorry i'm not naming them right now but that was the whole point and a bunch of women had responded that yes we're willing to do it yeah that's a bad that's a bad way to that's a horrible thing to do right now cuz the women who have gotten the courage and um, who have who have understood that this is the right time to come up because dude most of these claims are not like this year not even last year it's like 5 years ago and the whole argument is why you guys talk about this now but the thing is the when i say opportunity i don't mean it in a bad way i mean that people are actually listening because and this is a popular opinion in india or asia rather where women were coming up and then they were just being shut down they were being hurt they were being literally just mouth over hand over mouth and like shut up don't talk about this and i love the amount of big indian superstars who are just being called out yeah man like straight up black and white there's no ambiguity they're like I'll, I'll he did what, this dude, the way the way i see it and from what i understand as a man who is outside this entirely i have never faced this mm. i i have no right to talk about it but if you had to ask me for my opinion i'm like dude from what i understand it is very difficult for a woman to talk about sexual harassment mm. because the first response is always oh you are looking for attention you want to be a star no no shut the hell up like this is nobody would try to be a star by accusing someone of rape this is something oh. that is so personal this is something that is so devastating to an individual psyche why the hell would somebody lie about something like this and yes unfortunately there are a few cases where people are lying but that is not what we need to take out of the me too movement dude those are the stragglers those are the people that are just like jumping on the bandwagon trying to take advantage 99% of these stories dude there's no smoke without fire that's the way i see it so if now for example sajid khan was recently called out right and sajid khan was called out by multitudes of women and the kind of women the kind of stories that came out with sajid too detailed khan, man too, too detailed, detailed dude the kind of behavior that he is Um, the way he's conducted himself, Akshay Kumar, and all of these Indian actors came out with statements saying that they will not work with him and they will not shoot Houseful Four. Or thank God they won't shoot that movie because it's a f- show anyway. But the fact of the matter is that it's <laughs> why why would you accuse these women of hogging attention? It's not hogging attention, dude. It is 
stories that they would not be ta- that would not be taken seriously otherwise if it wasn't I mean, for I would movement. expect those women to take those stories to their grave yeah unfortunately the way the patriarchy works is it's just it's so simple that you know if a woman says that oh he did this to me 2 years ago the simplest question is why didn't you tell us then yeah. dude because she was dealing with that trauma then dude alone. she didn't know alone. how to do how to work with it she didn't know what to say she didn't know who to go I'm to i'm going to tell you something migdad so i was talking to arzu a fellow comedian from the circuit and i told her we were talking about the louis ck bit somehow we dove into that and i was highlighting that i don't really have an opinion because we're not north american we're not in the western circuit and i said i didn't say all louis ck did but i was like from the stories and from the reports he used to whip his stuff out and he used to tell women can i you know stroke it while you're here they used to say yes what i said was you can just walk out he hasn't tied your hands he hasn't forced you he didn't say that i will destroy your career he didn't say it explicitly arzu i think she's a badass she's a gangster she can hold herself you know up high it's fine she's cool she said to be honest if you put me in the spotlight i would freeze as well and then i just put my hands up and i said cool cuz neither of us have been in that scenario and if someone like arzu who is pretty she's she's pretty badass I, i'm 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 not going to oversell it or understate it but i'm just saying she said because i have never been in that sort of scenario i would freeze as well and then it's no longer up for debate i can't tell her what to do she can't tell me how and it would go l- down l- let me so, put you in that situation yeah. you're a, you're an aspiring comedian yeah. you've been performing for 3 and a half 4 years let's say let's assume that who's the greatest female comic let's just say amy schumer for now right or like let's say hannah gatsby yeah. she'd never do this yeah. from what i understand but what if she just like you got a you got a chance to spend 5 minutes just just like talking shop with yeah her. you you grab that opportunity because sure. she's a brilliant comic and if you walk into a room and she says you know what i'm going to let you open for me on my world career and my yeah. world tour yeah. and then she just whips her pants on and says shut the sit your ass down over here shut the hell up and sit your sit your butt down while i do this you wouldn't know what to do man even as a guy dude i'd be just like, be thinking dude, about how i'm going to open for this <laughs> yeah. woman across the world <laughs> I I I'm just going to just take it with a pinch of salt even though I don't want to be here. It's part of the journey. It's part of the job. And is that right? Dude, because <laughs> the fact of the matter is that whether the it's an illusion of choice, it's not a choice. Mm. When you're an aspiring comedian and Louis CK calls you to his room, you don't have a choice. You have to go cuz Louis CK holds sp- He's the best comic in the world dude when when Louis CK calls an open micer to his room that open micer goes whether it's his father's funeral whether it's her father's Doesn't funeral matter. or mother it's Louis CK is calling <laughs> me what the hell dude I might get a chance to be on the tonight show. I don't even know dude like that's an opportunity you do not miss yeah. and when that man misuses that opportunity to whip his lully out like that is not can you say lully cool. it's so much better yeah <laughs> see lully doesn't need to be censored right <laughs> yeah, it's a man. cute word kafi cute <laughs> so when he pulls his lully out yeah when he pulls his lully out that would not that's not acceptable because like you know the lady is there because she she, she wants to build her career but this is not what why she's here she yeah. wants to she wants to open for you man she wants to be a part of your show she doesn't want to see your lully dude put it back Yeah. Like, do your comedy man do your comedy she but that guy holds power mm. 
there is an illusion of choice oh you can leave but what if that destroys her career that that's playing on her mind dude and that's, and that's the same thing with Harvey Weinstein dude the guy is the biggest producer of movies in the world yep. if an if if a small actress from a small town village wants to come and wants a show and Harvey Weinstein is like my lulli like this is like, like what what do i do do i do i like give up the biggest opportunity of my life mm. for but like just like I don't even I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah man, you sound quite woman, distraught. <laughs> what the woman would go through yeah. because frankly speaking if I had the same situation like as a comedian like if 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 if, if I was called to like Hannah Gatsby's like hotel room and Hannah's like and oh, she's like then I'll let you open for me. I don't know you man. Bring your own it. ketchup bottle dude. I'd, I'd, I'd be like here's some mustard on that toe and I'd suck it. I would be happy about it but <laughs> So is she taking advantage of me? Yes, because she holds a position of power. She holds the opportunity that I so desperately desire. So yeah, it's wrong. Like Louis C.K. holds a position of power, and even though that woman can leave and tell him <coughs> Louis C.K. like they can't because it's their career. It's, illusion it's of power. It's I think the that's illusion. The... No, it's not the illusion of power. Oh, sorry, the illusion, illusion of, of choice. choice. My bad. Illusion of choice. It's not really. You don't have a choice because. When a person like Louis C.K. calls you, at that time, now obviously he's like, oh, uh, no, we're talking about him. the time, dude, the time. When no Louis C.K. when he went back in the day, he was the biggest freaking comic, and 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 an opportunity to open for him, and an opportunity to be on his show, or an opportunity to tour work with, with him, him, is is the best. Priceless, thing. you can't put price on that. So there's no, there's there's no doubt about the fact that yes, it's wrong, but I don't know, man. It's just. especially in the indian scene what's happening now these guys have grown too quickly too fast mm. and that's gotten to their head they think that they're just infall- infallible mm. which is wrong mm. a lot of the, dude half of the indian comedy industry has just disappeared over the last couple of weeks dude it's it's incredible to see is running away with their and if you if you looked at utsav chakraborty this guy this comic Dude the guy retweeted a tweet about how he is ashamed to be Indian because of some se- some rape case and a woman replied to that tweet dude it's rich coming from you but you sent me dick pics oh so i'm like shit. dude look at the hypocrisy in this industry it is phenomenal God and then obviously damn. i had to come out with an apology and all of that but it's just it just goes to show show that no matter how much these people put on this front facing like like face of Oh yeah, we are woke and we are like amazing feminists. Oh, yeah, humans are men are men, dude. Very disgusting, dude. That's just how it is. It's so sad. It's depressing. It is. Bro. I let's mean, I'm so happy. Fun no, like that's monies. fine. I'm so ha- <laughs> no, but let's put it this way: these guys being, f- um, being being exposed, pun intended, I guess. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm a comedian. My apologies, but they—they're now they're no longer on the scene, and they don't deserve to earn another cent. They don't deserve any stage time. They and don't I deserve any attention. I hope that stays that way because the way it works in India is two weeks. Nobody's gonna give a damn. The f- this entire movement started off with Tanushree Datta and Nana Patekar. Ten years ago, this woman accused Nana Patekar of harassing her mm. during the sets in front of a live or in front of a li- live crew. Holy shit! And uh, nobody gave a damn. No, it died down in two months. And now, after ten years, she brought it up, which is why there's attention on it again. Yeah. But she told this story ten years ago, and nobody gave a. F- nobody cared. And the fact of the matter is that it's just a. The the media views it as a story. 
not as a case of gross misconduct yeah. which is what they should view it as that's the problem wow that's messed up it's messed up but bro. why would why would they do that man i don't know man it's just a matter of the, fa- the, the fact of the matter is that a lot of uh, the a big part of the problem is that we do not know how to how to differentiate our heroes and how to differentiate infallibility like we we assume that oh if it is amitabh bachchan he can do no wrong he is bhagwan matlab like this guy can do no wrong but he's a human being dude he's a guy he has a lulli and this guy has the potential to be a d- as well nana patekar also i believe that woman who came up with that uh, with with tanushri datta who came up with this whole story i believe tanushri datta story because dude the way the industry works it, it is very it is very likely that he could pull these stunts in front of a filming crew and nobody would say shit because he's Did the same thing say. about Kevin Spacey. Yeah. A lot of people on set were like we were aware what was going on but but we can't do we didn't pursue it and then finally when people started stepping out then they were like oh shit like And the same stories have come out about Amitabh Bachchan now dude now there's this uh, there's this uh, there's very very famous hairstylist called Sapna Bhavnani <laughs> in India and she's accused Amitabh Bachchan of the same thing and I believe it dude simply because that dude we tr- in, in in the subcontinent we treat celebrities like gods we're like dude these guys can do no wrong but they can yeah and we need to call them out for when they do wrong otherwise they just become infallible gods dude which they are not so everybody needs to know that there's a line mm. if you have a position of power you should not misuse that mm. when it comes to me i am i have to because i'm learning every day i'm not saying i'm perfect and i know how to how to how to respect women and how to be the completely perfect guy i'm not i'm not i i, I, I think as day. long as you're not sending dick pics to people you're okay of course that's that's something that's i don't even send dick pics to myself i don't embarrass myself man i'm not i'm indian the sort <laughs> sort something that's very impressive i'll be like are ye to kuch bhi you depress yourself I'll basically i'll be like this is uh, it's not impressive at all <laughs> i wouldn't send them to myself dude but the fact of the matter is that you know it's just it's something that you need to learn and 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 if you have if you've grown up in this kind of an environment where where when it's such a patriarchal society you just need to understand that this is not how things will fly anymore mm. it shouldn't have flown before as well but this is just people just need to understand that that women are people too right and and they have they deserve as much if not more dignity than their male counterparts that's just It's the moral so of the story weird that we have to say that out loud i swear don't you know that already that's so weird to me and and it also comes from just male behavior in general mm-hmm. and i'm guilty of this too i'm mm-hmm. guilty of like you know all this locker talk you know are iska pichu ar maste iska ye maste iska you we we as guys we tend to objectivize yeah, women yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and that that feeds into the whole narrative dude that's yeah. the problem so as you grow you learn and and you stop being a, a, a jackass dude that's, that's basically the yeah, problem like story yeah like a douchebag basically yeah i i agree um i don't even know how to end the segment cuz it's it's, it's weird it's yeah it's sad it's guys listen up man what are you guys doing man <laughs> take a chill pill bro put your lullies like, away stop sending yeah, pictures man. of your lullies you think you're in a position of power you're wrong dude you have nothing you have a lulli and it stands up sometimes and you want to <laughs> Off in front of these women no man put it away put it away and just do it in front of your <laughs> wallpaper like you usually do yeah. like jeez just be alone and don't do it i guess i don't know make that any last final words takeaways advice to 
the general public or men specifically your choice go Stop. for it just put your lollies away <laughs> if you have to pick up a woman or like approach a woman or like hit on a woman just make sure it's not something that will get you on twitter that's the basic <laughs> law there are a lot of case studies on twitter now for men no, who do not know what's yeah. going on yeah so yep. you know what ir- like absolutely nots. unacceptable yeah. behavior is so do not do those things yeah like if you want to like, like i know a lot of guys are like oh bro but then like if i ask a girl out at the bar how will i ask her out i'm like don't send her a dick pic maybe maybe just ask her hey would you like a coffee next yes, week maybe yes. that's that's that's, that's how enough. far you go that's, that's a start yeah. yeah yeah don't don't send lolly pics let's, let's just be clear no <laughs> dick pics decaf is okay lolly pics are not okay that is as the moral of the story bro. and before we leave bigdad please go ahead tell our listeners our any tags they can follow you on any shows coming up and we'll do our best to promote you after that you can follow us at videshi laughs on instagram on facebook on twitter and uh, surprisingly on linkedin we are not hiring <laughs> but we are on linkedin as well cuz looking for sponsors for our shows so if you're a brand that wants to give us money please give us money we promise for the foreseeable future you not send any women lolly pics and he's not being desperate he's being sincere that's v like the letter v, v. and then desi like d e s i b desi loves we desi loves like so, so easy guys don't be lazy right now you're listening to it come on man it's fantastic pick up your phones whatever you're on a pc just at videsi loves it's everything it's twitter instagram facebook just do it like it your support is so priceless and so valuable please do that Thank you so much guys for listening to the hangout with Rushi. I really love this episode. It was so much fun. Thank you so much Megdad for being here. My pleasure Rushi. My I pleasure. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you producer Bob. Tip my producer hat to Bob you. This is the shit. <laughs> Megdad's overselling it now. But anyway, <laughs> see you guys around. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Follow the hangout with Rusty on Facebook. Like, comment and share. See you next week.